Hey, Renter Retirers, it's Adam Schrader here to invite you to our first ever live stream. Join us Thursday, October 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific. Come meet the team, see who we are, what we bring to the table, and hear some investor horror stories in celebration of Halloween. We'll also be taking your questions live. That's Thursday, October 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash rent to retirement. That's youtube.com slash rent to retirement. Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is a pleasure to have you back with us on the show. And we are joined once again today by Sam, a member of the Rent to Retirement team. And we are going to talk today about what I consider one of the most important things of your deal, and that is property management. If this goes bad, a great property can seem like a horrible investment. So Sam, thanks for taking your time out and joining us today. No problem, Adam. Happy to be here. I got my start in real estate and property management. So I'm excited for this discussion. (laughs) Absolutely. So I want to talk first off about what property management is. I mean, I know most people probably know, but a property manager is somebody who I, you either love them or you hate them. And when you find somebody you love, you're happy to pay them. When you find somebody you hate, you just think, well, they're stealing from me. Um, So why don't you tell us about your, how did you get into property management whenever you were getting started? Yeah. So originally, and this is uh, something I share with my favorite real estate professional, Sam Zell. You're living in these student housing um, situations in college and they seem kind of expensive. And so you're trying to think, how can I cut down on my rent? And one of the things that I did was talk to my property management company and say, hey, if I'm your live-in handyman and I can uh, add some value to your operation here, collecting security deposits, et cetera, um, would would you take some money off my rent? So they did. And (laughs) ended up being a full-time employee with them. And uh, the owner was a real estate investor and taught me a lot of stuff. So um, it was really difficult for housing and, and Greek housing that that's an absolute <laughs> mess. But uh, yeah, it was a great way to get my skin thickened and, and get into the industry. And so you were actually like knocking on doors and collecting checks or? Correct. Collecting security deposits from fraternity guys and sorority girls and a lot of other um, apartments on campus, um, fixing leaky sinks for um, non-student housing, and just doing everything that was needed. I also was doing showings for potential new um, tenants, and you don't need a real estate license in Wisconsin to do that. So I made my first commissions in real estate back then too. Ah, nice. So let's go over. So property manager, as most people probably know, there's somebody that you pay so that you don't have to deal with the intrinsic, the small, the day-to-day things. I mean, you get to approve larger expenses that are done. You can tell them that you want to improve something or replace something, but all in all, they're kind of your buffer between you and the tenant. And in some, and sometimes that is fantastic. Other times that can create problems, but why don't you tell me, Sam, what do you think makes a good property manager? Yeah. Well, I, the first word that comes to mind is trust, right? So 
essentially, like you said, they're acting as the owner in many capacities because otherwise you'd be self-managing and collecting rents and, and fixing things for them as well. So if they can take on as much work um, or take work off of your plate without having to necessarily communicate with you, if you've already spelled out, all right, you can go fix something without letting me know. And you just have a lot of autonomy um, and trust between you and your property manager uh, the easier they make your life, the better property manager they are. Yeah. And so the reason I say this is I have, you know, in the four markets that I'm in, I now have four property managers. I used to have three. And there are two of them that I trust pretty much wholeheartedly. One of them who's relatively new, so I don't fully trust them wholeheartedly. And then another one who I had who didn't ended up not trusting at all. Um, so, so I don't have them anymore. And now I have a new company that I'm hoping to be able to trust because they're a branch of the one that I do trust. So I want to go over some of the things that you should expect from your property manager. And I believe I've made a YouTube video about it. If not, then it's coming up and people should be watching it shortly. But there are a few things that when you look at a property manager, you really need to go off of because you don't know about their interaction with a tenant because you, you get told when something needs to be done, but you don't get told when they requested that done. So if it's somebody who's not doing their job well, it could be a maintenance request that was made two, three months ago, or it could be a maintenance request that was made two or three hours ago. You know, it just, that is the part of the trust. So Sam, when you were a property manager and you were doing that, how did you make your landlord trust you and show that you were actively working? Sure. Well, uh, we would track our time and location with, uh, with the timesheets app. And that was really great for transparency. I think the more access that an owner has to what you're actually doing, because we'd put notes in the timesheets as well. What do we do here? What are you paying for if we're charging you hourly or per project and submitting receipts as well? Like financial transparency is big too. So um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned communication. It's great when when you're calling land or when you're calling the landlord or the, uh, the owner of the property, but sometimes they get sick of that. So just having <laughs> passive resources available that they can access is really useful too. Yeah. And so one of the things that I will say is when you call or email your property manager, you want to look at how quickly they get back to you because they're also getting back to the tenants. And if they're not getting back to you, because remember in this situation, they are responding to the tenants, they are serving the tenants, but you are their boss. You're kind of the, the overarching boss. So if they're not getting back to you, if they're not getting back to the boss, why do you think they're getting back to their tenants? You know, that's kind of the, the overarching thing because I've had one property manager who I've replaced in the past who, you know, I knew I needed to fire them. I knew I needed to fire them for months because I would ask him a question, simple question, just, hey, I saw that y'all did this repair you know, it was $150. So you didn't have to talk to me beforehand, but what was it? You know, what did you do? Can I see a before and after picture, which everybody just so you know, you should be able to ask for before and after pictures from your property manager and they should be able to send it to you because obviously with you not living in town, there needs to be the level of trust, but you know, what is, who wasn't said trust, but verify, right? So you want to say, you know, oh, that's great. You know, I have a leaky faucet. I want it to be fixed. Just, you know, send me the picture of wet wood underneath the, uh, you know, a faucet and then send me a picture of it 
repaired in some way, you know, the woods replaced or, you know, anything is, is done, you know, that's great. Or, you know, send me the original invoice so that I can see that, you know, you paid some company to come do it. And, you know, that's good. And, you know, it took them two weeks to get back to me just with an invoice or this is what happened. And I thought to myself, well, what's my tenant getting then? You know, are they just ignoring the tenant as well? But then, you know, I have other managers now who it's fantastic. You ask them questions, they get back to you quickly. You know, you ask them, hey, what's the status of this uh, lease that's coming up? And they say, oh, we're on that. You know, we're talking about this rate. And it really just, when they're getting back to you quickly, you know, they're on the ball and they're doing it. So what were the signs for you, Sam, that you, what did, how did you know when other people were doing a bad job? I'm assuming you knew other, you know, people managing companies. What were some of the things that you saw that gave you a little bit of uh, leeriness about what was, about how well they were doing their job? Sure. Well, I mean, first and foremost, um, a lot of these property management contracts are um, able to be canceled if uh, (laughs) the owner is not satisfied. And so you do see a lot of turnover property management companies in the way of one company to another, like owners often always are looking for a better company to, to manage their properties. And it happens then in some cases there, they do a lot of property management companies do things uh, a lot of the same. So as far as indicators of people not doing a good job, if the owner shows up in town and says, I'll do it myself, you're getting fired, right? <laughs> like that has after my college experience in property management and moved out to Wyoming and got into more of that luxury vacation rental stuff. And uh, these are really expensive assets that the owners care a lot about and are big investments. So yeah, if your owner's flying out uh, to, to get to Wyoming to check on their property, you're not being transparent enough and uh, you're not communicating well enough. And I want to say my my diatribes might be, might sound like I don't like property managers, but I do. I really do. I, I, like I said, I love two of my property managers. I'm hoping to love my other two, but the problem with property management is um, you don't tend to talk about the ones that you like, (laughs) you know, you have horror stories, but you don't tend to talk about the ones you like. And the ones you like are usually the ones you don't talk to that often because they're on the ball and they're taking care of things. Um, The ones, you know, a good property manager in my mind, you know, you can take all of the work that you would be doing and condense it in, in a good month, 15 to 30 minutes of work on the market a month. And that is strictly just going online, looking at the statement that they send you every month through the their portal and seeing rent was collected. I paid them, you know, their, their fee and there were or were not, you know, repairs done. And if there were repairs done that I don't know about, quick email, you know, a day or two later, I get an email back saying this was done and that's it. I mean, that it's that easy. Whenever you have a good property manager, it is literally that easy. You know, they say this was done or this needs to be done. Then, you know, for example, in Memphis, the one I love, there was an issue with the hot water heater died. They emailed me and said, there's hot water died. Your hot water heater was nine years old. It's, we need to replace it. It's going to cost, I think it was like $900. I said, okay, great. Replace it. I looked at my home inspection and it was nine years old. So I wasn't surprised that it died. They replaced it, sent me an invoice, boom, done. It was a five minute email exchange between them, but it was ridiculously easy. I mean, but I mentioned that they take their fee and there's two ways you can pay your property manager. And that is flat fee or 
a percentage of the rent collected. And I know, Sam, you have an opinion about which one you prefer. What, which one is that? Percentage of rents all the way home. <laughs> now, why is that? Because well, it, has, it has pluses and minuses. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, on, on the green side of things, it's it's that your incentives are aligned with the property manager. So if you're not getting paid, then they're not getting paid. And a lot of the a lot of what property management is about is leasing and filling vacancy. And so if your property manager is lazy about filling a vacancy, but they're still getting a hundred dollars that month or five hundred, whatever it is, without that fee being tied to the rents, then what incentive do they have to be a good employee to you? Yeah. Now, one of the the downsides to that, sometimes you end up paying a little bit more potentially. Like if you get up into the the higher rent ranges, you know, if your rents are around a thousand dollars a month, percentage is pretty much even if they're charging you ten or twelve percent, you're going to be paying the same amount as you're paying with a, a flat rate. You know, flat rates are probably going to be at least a hundred dollars a month. So, you know, if you start getting up into fifteen or sixteen hundred dollar rents, potentially your flat rates could save you money over the the long haul. Now, the trust thing comes in if you are with, with them and you trust them and you trust them to fill the vacancy, you could save a whole lot of money doing a flat rate thing potentially. But I also like the percentage. I had a I had one flat rate before. It was a great price. I'll be, <laughs> you know, it was only $50 a month, I think. So, you know, percentage-wise it was, you know, 5 or 6% of my uh, my rent. But yeah, it's, it is good because like you said, Sam, if they don't collect rent or if your tenant is late, you don't pay until, you know, your, uh, your tenant actually pays their rent. And, uh, but one thing about it is you really have to worry, like Sam was saying about that fixed rate, having a long-term vacancy, you know, if they, if it takes them a long time to even make repairs, cause you're going to have some form of a make ready when the tenant leaves you know, they <laughs> Oh, Adam, should have reset your Wi-Fi, man. Yeah. I think it's my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm gonna if it happens again, I'm gonna switch to a different network. Um, okay. I have two networks here at my house. So um, okay. <laughs> no problem. So if, so if the repairs take a while, you know, they could bump it a week or two back, give themselves an extra month of uh, property management without a tenant. But one of the things, let's talk about getting started with your property manager. Um, what are some things, you know, I always tell people before you sign up, obviously, you want to talk to them and some of the questions you want to ask them. You want to ask them, you know, how many units do you have under management now? Do you have any maintenance markups? You know, do you, do you have in-house maintenance? Do you contract with, uh, you know, just vendors around the area, um, you know, how long have you been in business? Those kind of things. What are, are there any other big questions that you ask property managers or you were asked that you thought were really good ones? Yeah. Well, ask for references. Yeah. Certainly. <laughs> and if you cannot get a reference. It just don't even, <laughs> don't even bother. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are contracting a business, so ask them how their businesses run and who does what and who, you um, because sometimes businesses run differently and just want to figure out um, where your communication and energy should be spent in, in dealing with them. Yeah. So when you were managing properties, how many doors were you in charge of? And did that feel like a lot or a little? Yeah. Well, this is, I'm glad you asked. This is like the number one thing about property management and why I've moved 
out of the sector and into more sales because you have to scale, right? In order to make property management worth it, you have to scale up big. Cause like you mentioned, flat fees of $50 a month, or if you're getting 8% and rents a thousand bucks, it's 80 bucks a month. So you really have to manage a lot of doors. And in student housing, the rents are lower as well um, versus like luxury stuff, right? So um, in Wisconsin and Madison, we were managing over 400 units uh, in various various properties. And that was just my portfolio, right? And then there's other property managers that had even more or, or less depending on the geographic area, but they would take different parts of the city and of campus. So um, yeah, it's it, it was really crazy. And you never know which which property or which tenant was going to be calling you at any time. So you basically just had to have your bulletproof vest on and wait for these calls to come in and deal with them as you may. Um, and then if you can get as a property manager, uh, higher rents and have your, your uh, rate tied to that, you can manage fewer properties for the same amount of money. However, if they're larger and require more care, um, that's a different scenario. Yeah. So when you, how many doors would you say would have been your, your sweet spot that before you started feeling overwhelmed? Uh, it depends. Like if it's big multifamily buildings, it's easier because there's shared spaces and utilities and stuff like that. Um, you know, in student housing, say probably about 50, 50 to hundred units is about as much as a single person should be doing. Right. And, uh, the reason I was managing more than that is just because of the, the turnover within the company, because, like you said, it's a thankless job and people kind of get mad when <laughs> dealing with, <laughs> with unruly owners and they leave. So, you know, ebbs and flows on how much you have under management. Um, you know, now I do five houses and make just as much. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> really, yeah, like you said, finding your sweet spot. And um, it just really depends on the condition of the properties as well. If they're older multifamily buildings or single family homes, you're going to have more issues. But if they're brand new, it's going to be more laid back. Yeah. Yeah. And so another thing I always tell people when they're getting started, when you're talking to your management company, you should always, always, always ask for a blank copy of their management agreement and a lease um, because you want to see what they're charging. I found out that one of my um, managers, the one I fired, who I took over and self-managed after was charging tenants a $500 placement fee just to get in there. And I had, a, they were flat fee. I had a four month vacancy in one because it was a $800 rent and they were charging the tenants a $500 placement fee. I didn't know about it because when they sent me the blank one, I just skimmed over that part and not thought about it. But it was, you know, for somebody, you know, half a month to a full month rent just to get in the door, that's not even the security deposit. That's just paying them for that. And they're, and they're getting the lease up fee from me. So, you know, that was going on. So you really want to look at these blank forms and see what are they charging me? You know, how much are they charging me? When are they charging me? All of it, how much do they want in like maintenance reserves? But also what are they doing to my tenant? You know, what are they asking the tenant for? What are they telling the tenant they can or can't do? You know, are they offering them, you know, because pets are an issue whether you want them or not, but are they offering that to the tenant just automatically, you know, what are they doing there? So what are some clauses that you've seen that are pretty standard in property management contracts and leases that go out to people? Yeah, well, starting with property management contracts, I mean, really a description of duties as far as this is the most important part, I think, what is the property manager going to do? 
within the bounds of the, of, of the contract in your agreement? And what are they not going to do? That's important to in- include as well. So if they're doing, if, if they're not holding up any of those duties that they spelled out in the, in the contract, then you can hold them accountable by, by referencing that. Um, you know, like you said, placement fees, how they're getting paid, whether it's tied to the rents or it's a flat fee, um, pet rent, um, all, all these other things is just the transparency is really important. I don't know if that, if that helps with specifics, yeah. we could probably run through one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one no, I love that you mentioned pet rent because not everybody, not all property managers will do it. And uh, one of my property managers that I love doesn't do pet rent. And that is a very good thing to know because as soon as they told me we don't have a system in place to do pet rent, I told them automatically then no pets. And then in my property, don't even offer them pets <laughs> uh, because I'm mm-hmm. not going to pay for someone's dog or whatever to scratch up my floors whenever they're not paying extra for the the dog to live there, essentially. Um, so that is a very good one that I don't think a lot of people, not enough people charge pet rent, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and it's that's important to bring up because there's ancillary sources of income for real estate, especially multifamily, right? So if you have parking fees, if you have laundry, like coin laundry, um, any of these other, if you have vending machines in the lobby, shoot, it could be anything, but are, is your property manager going to take a percentage of those as well? Or is that all going to go to you? That's important to agree on. Yeah. Now, what, what have you seen? Is that standard for property managers to take percentages of those? Yeah. Well, as far as like the multifamily in Madison and, and Greek houses, um, when they have laundry and they have parking fees, because it's in a city, parking can get kind of crazy. Um, property managers are dealing with a lot of parking issues because they issue parking passes and they monitor those and they deal with calls when uh, a stranger is parked in someone's spot and they have to deal with that. So <laughs> I think that's fair that they take uh, a fee of those. But if you have if, if you really don't have any issues with those things and you have a, a gigantic parking lot, um, and there's never problems, then maybe you want to exclude that from your agreement. Yeah. So what were some of the craziest uh, calls you got as a property manager that you're, uh, the owner didn't have to deal with? Uh, well, let's see. Fires are big, especially in college towns uh, where marijuana and some other things are being used in the units, which are not allowed. Again, that's something <laughs> put in lease agreements, but yeah, people have issues with that and kids trying to figure out how to cook after leaving their parents' uh, homes. Uh, oftentimes burn things, leaving uh, um, ovens on and and like, heating up the whole building with an oven that's open and cranking heat. And I think the, the biggest ones are leaks and uh, plumbing issues because when you have drywall raining down in an apartment and water coming out, that's something you have to be on right away. And it could be in the middle of the night. I, I definitely, I with three or four of those in my ex- experience. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I would be glad to pay somebody to deal with that and not have to, to do it myself. I'll be honest. So <laughs> we were talking beforehand and I mentioned uh, kind of my experience when it came to uh, self-management, because that is something that you can do it in today's world has led to where there are enough tools out there where you can manage properties remotely and be successful. But there are, it's not as easy as some people will lead you to believe. I'll put it that way. You know, you can always do it, but whether you do it well is a different story. And it, a lot of it, and this is kind of why I say it sounds like I don't like property managers, but in reality, I really love them. Um, so when I fired my manager, 
I took over two properties in Jackson, Mississippi, and they were on, they're on the lower end of rents. It's like 800 and $900 for the rent for those properties. And I found out, honestly, th- these were some of the people I didn't really trust, which is why I fired them. They hadn't been making the repairs that needed to be done. Um, one of my first contact with the tenant of one of my properties, she said, yeah, I've told them about this, 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 and this. These things are, you know, need to be done. I've told them about it. They're just not, they haven't responded. And so, you know, in that, in that case, I was very happy that I got rid of them because, you know, I was able to make the necessary repairs and get the property up to a good standard. But then came the time to collect rent (laughs) and these, neither of my tenants wanted to pay online. So they were going to mail me checks. Well, What's the old, what's the old story you hear all the time? Checks in the mail, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and I honestly, I honestly felt bad because they were sending cashiers checks and one of them was always like right on the edge of being late or late and they would priority mail it. And I was like, man, you're mailing a, a 750 or $800 check and you're spending $10 to get it to my house, you know, just so when we actually renewed their lease and I just asked them, I said, you know, you're struggling to pay me rent on the first what day should I put on the lease? Like I'll put a different date, a different date that it's due, you know, tell me a date that's good for you. And they're like the seventh. And I was like, fantastic. I can handle getting the rent on the seventh as long as I know it's coming. And now you don't have to pay the $10, but guess what? First month they were late. Uh, (laughs) Second month, second month they weren't. And now I've handed it off to a property manager, but sometimes the, the whole idea of collecting the rent. And then if they don't pay, the fear that I had with one of mine was that I was going to have to, they weren't responding to my messages about their rent. I hadn't gotten their rent and I was worried, am I about to have to go into an eviction situation? And the idea of going into an eviction situation in a far off market that I don't have the resources around me, you know, set in place already to do just led me to say, you know what? I, I give up (laughs) that that's why there are people in town who do this. I'm going to call one of them. I'm going to sign up with them and they can handle this headache. I will happily get it off my plate. <laughs> yep. And, and Adam, yeah, it's funny. Uh, when I was managing some of the low income stuff in Madison, we actually, as property managers went to eviction hearings uh, and, and we, we build the owner for them, but like, man, that, is crazy that that so you can have someone go as your proxy to the eviction hearing and 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 help you out with that. So a lot of the stress of landlording can go away with a good property manager. Yeah, and you're not paying as much as a round trip plane ticket and spending the time yeah. that you would have to do to to fly out there, say a night or two or three or however many it takes to actually get into the courtroom. And uh, yeah, just letting them deal with that headache was. Uh, was was nice. It's nice to know that I won't have to deal with that in the future mm. if push comes to shove. So, like I said, there are tools out there. You know, I was able to find contractors that had good reviews on, you know, Angie's List or uh, Home Advisor. Those kind of, um, I think, thumbtacks out there. You can use that if you're looking for one. But you know, they they know contractors there. You know, they've had years to. I'm sure you had a whole list of people like, oh, you need a conditioner person these are the three companies we call you know who can get out there first type thing with um with remote property management it's more of a well these guys have five stars (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> and uh, five stars doesn't always mean five stars. You know, five stars might just mean they have some good friends who put down some nice things on the, uh, the platform for them. Um, one thing that I that blew my mind in this environment was I needed a drywall repair and I called a guy and he said he had really good reviews on whatever platform it was. And I said, Hey, I need you to go get me a quote for this repair. And so he went out and he gave me a quote. He said, it's going to be $400. And I said, okay, you know, you're going to repair it and put a, he had to put a two by four in behind it. You're going to repaint it. All of that. Fantastic. $400 done. So he set up with my tenant and said, you know, I'm going to come out there this day and this time, and I'm going to fix it. I texted my tenant that evening and I said, Hey, how did it go? And he said, Oh, he never showed. And so I called the guy and I said, Hey, you know, why, uh, why didn't you go out there? And he said, Oh, $400 isn't worth my time. <laughs> and I just said, well, man, I didn't even haggle with you. <laughs> that was, that was what you wanted. And that's what you have to deal with whenever you're doing it uh, long distances. Then guess what? I had to go out and find another person. And, and guess what? I tried to post a review of them on the platform. My review never went through. So the next person who goes, they're still going to have five stars and they're not going to know that the person might just not show up and decide that their quote wasn't good enough. <laughs> right. So yeah, you point you point something out important there, which is in order to verify those contractors doing the work when you're managing remotely is you have to get in touch with the tenant, right? Or like a friend or something. So, but if you're getting in touch with the tenant, then you're completely defeating the purpose of just landlording and doing what you do best as a landlord and investor, which is going out and finding more good investments and being a business person rather than a manager. So um, that could lead to things like your tenant hitting you up. Hey, I need a break on my rent this month. Uh, times are tough or, you know, can I pay you late? And you just get in this sticky situation where now you're almost in the HR, right? You're dealing with people <laughs> and that might not be your strong suit. So one of the big pros property managers is just freeing up your time to do what you do best, whether you're an engineer or a real full-time real estate investor, you got to specialize. Yeah, I will say I don't regret doing it because I like that I did it and I've experienced it. And now I kind of know if I ever want to do it again, what it's going to entail. But like you said, it's it can be really tricky to have to have that relationship where you say, you know, oh, you know, they sent it to me and it was a day late, but they sent the full rent. They didn't send the late fee. Do I contact them and say you owe me the late fee? Or do I just let it slide? And if I let it slide this time, though, am I going to have to let it slide next time? And it just kind of becomes, I think it's it's really nice to have that buffer there where it's a business who's, it mm. says, you know, property management. <laughs> and you can just say, hey, I'm sorry. You know, it's, you, you don't, it's, it's their rules. It's their, their lease their You know, you got to talk to them. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was nice to, to do it just to see that I could, that I could do it and that it's an option, but I have to say the the day that I e-signed the new property management agreement for uh, Jackson, I felt a nice weight lift off my shoulders, and uh, <laughs> it's been. Uh, I'm I'm hoping it's a very good ride. So, Sam, is there anything else you think people need to know about property management? Uh, just the last thing about if you're self managing and you are local, this has been like a conversation that I've heard of, from a bunch of people. But if you're local and you're going to be doing repairs at your own property and stuff. Uh, it may be useful to just give the impression that you're a, a property manager and not the owner, because like I discussed, like I was saying just before, uh, you don't want to get in that sticky situation where you become friends with the tenants necessarily. And um, you could get taken advantage of financially if they feel they can, they can leverage you that way. So just either have a property manager or give the impression that you are the property manager, even if you own the units. 
Yeah. Oh, and one thing I will say that people should do with their with every property manager, every property they have, pretty much I think all property managers offer the yearly walkthrough. Do it. You know, if not every year, then do it every other year. I wouldn't do it more than once a year just because as a tenant, that's annoying. Um, but getting those annual reviews with the pictures, seeing how your tenant is treating your property, because it's a whole lot easier to go after your tenant for damages while they're still living there than it is after they've moved out and they're moving into a new facility. Um, so I highly, highly recommend, you know, it's something probably all of them offer. It's going to cost you probably one to $200. I would guess, you know, tie it up as a cost of business every year for every property you have, it is worth its weight in gold. And it's just nice to be able to see that your property is either being taken care of or not. And it's going to be taken care of. So I would highly recommend that to, to everybody out there. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you're, you feel like you're getting a good value exchange for what you're paying for. And like you said, Adam, trust, but verify. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Everybody head on over to rentsretirement.com. You can get in touch with us. If you need a property management contact in your city, we're happy to help. If you have anybody else that you need on your real estate team, we're happy to connect you with them. If you're looking for properties, you know, to utilize your time the best that's not spent property management, we can help you find properties you want there. So like I said, that's renttoretirement.com. If you want to just check out our properties and have them sent straight to your phone when they're uploaded, you can go to renttoretirement.com slash hot lists and you can get those properties there. But as I said, renttoretirement.com is the main website. Head on over there, see what we're all about, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your number one resource for wealth building, real estate investing, and stress-free retirement strategies. Continue your real estate education and invest with us at renttoretirement.com.